It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Travis Davidson. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Travis Davidson. Rush is back. Final hour. Teddy Lehman here. Travis Davidson in studio. 651-3439. TJ on the board as well. Tyler and I had this conversation yesterday only briefly because it's incredibly difficult and I don't know that we actually went anywhere with it. How would you rank the Big 12 next season? Like, if you were to if you were to rate and like we you don't have to go one through uh ten or I guess fourteen now, but who's gonna be the best team in the Big Twelve next year? Who's got the best chance? It it seems like it's gonna even though TCU is about to play in a national championship, like they're not just the shoe in to come back and win the thing. Absolutely not. So um I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know. I I don't know who I would pick as the number one team. Yeah, I mean, it, it really comes – TCU kind of comes down to me um, for, you know, if JoJo Earl, uh, you know, is good right off the bat. Chandler Morris won the job yeah. in, in the offseason. And Max Duggan goes out and, you know, is a Heisman finalist. So how good do you feel about Chandler Morris, I suppose? When you look at quarterbacks, I think that's what I tend to look at uh, when I when I try and judge the next season. I mean, you've got Dylan coming back in year two. Um, at least, at least I believe so. We haven't seen any announcement, but I th- right. I'm operating under the assumption that he's coming back. I think it's t- I think it's tough to not put kind of oh like in the top four in some type of some type of order. OU, Texas, Kansas State, and and uh, TCU uh, is Will Howard back? Yes. Oh well. He's a junior. That Deuce Vaughn's gone. Yeah. And I think they're what, Knowles is probably gonna be gone. They're losing Felix. Yeah. Uh, with the crazy last name. Yep. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I still think I think the Oklahoma defense is going to be drastically improved. You know what's interesting on, on defense? Um Coe is back, which is big. Yeah. Starter. Yep. Um Grimes is back. Downs is back. So three of the four starters on Defensive the D-line line, yeah. are back. Um, Stutzman is back. Aguebu is back. Uh, Bowman is back. Washington is back. I think C.J. Colden is back. Washington, Bryce. Woody Washington. Oh, I was, sorry. I was just reading the transfer portal. I was like, Bryson Washington's back. Yeah, I thought you were in the. I thought you were with the safeties. Sorry. No, Woody Washington. Yeah. Um, Key Lawrence is back. Um, is I think C.J. Colden is back. Well, we are still waiting on an announcement, and, okay. I, and from what I've heard, it's equally as back and forth as Marvin Mims okay. has been. Um, so we'll put a question mark on C.J. Colden. Right. So, 
I'm trying to think what else am I missing? Okay, we're missing so cheetah position is up for grabs. Yeah, unless you yeah, I was about yeah, it is. One interior defensive line position is up for grabs. And I I know what you were going to say, you're going to throw in Deshaun McCullough as a starter. Well, I was going to say if if we were just using the starters to kind of fill roles theoretically since Bowman missed so much time, Demon Harmon is back. Right, and he started a lot. Obviously, mm-hmm. he got hurt in that TCU game as well. Um, you know, he was kind of he had been really progressing well. So Harmon uh, back, okay. Who else? I mean, if we're That's just going starters, it. we'll we'll call it we'll call it good. It just starters, yeah. So coming into this season, uh, Coe had never started. Grimes had never started. Downs had never started. Stutzman had never started. Aguebu had. Bowman had as a true freshman. Woody Washington had. Key Lawrence, no. Uh, well, I guess, do you th- do you say Key Lawrence was a starter last year or the previous year? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, Pat Fields played more snaps than anybody last year. Yeah, safety, it, so. was, it was weird. Um, I Most of those guys were, were first-time starters or first-time contributors. Yeah. Um, but – baptized by fire and you're going to have a ton of experience back and you've obviously already supplemented at safety mm-hmm. in the portal and at backer slash edge slash um cheetah, cheetah yep. with Deshaun McCullough and I didn't mention he he wasn't a starter but he played a lot our Mason Thomas right is back like that is not insignificant and I know I haven't even seen the text line. I know TJ's going to bring it up. And there's probably already the text there that says, why would we want anyone off a horrible defense Bunch to come bums. back? Well, which, was that it, the top one? Go back up to the top, TJ. Was that it? Well, that's the top now. I don't know if I had one down uh, low. Oh, there it is, top. right there. If we have the same name starting next year on D, we are in trouble. <laughs> there you go. We need new people <laughs> to make the job. Yes! I knew it would happen. I knew it would be there. Uh, just simply not true. Simply not true. Experience is is critical. Now, if you had a mix of a bunch of guys, like there were, there was a three year starter out there, and there was a two year starter, and there was a one year starter, and there was a guy that's, you know, this is his first opportunity. Like a mix, okay, but there was so many first time contributors out there, and it's it's one of the my biggest my two biggest annoyances with college football fans are number one we always need to play the true freshmen because they were recruited highly right that's annoyance number one and that were that's never going to end and I'm fine with that annoyance number two is that when a young player whether they're a freshman that you have to play because you don't have anyone else or they're a first-time starter as a sophomore who maybe played a handful of, of, of games whenever they were a freshman. When they come out and they're not very good in their first year, they get labeled as a bum for the rest of their life. But that is it's just not how college football works. It does not work that way. You're talking about a, a transition. College is a transition period for guys that are boys in high school, 
and men in the NFL. And some guys turn to men a little bit quicker in college. Others, it takes a little while longer. There's development. All of these guys played in a new system this year. First-time starters in a first-time running a system. That is an incredibly difficult situation to be in. And it's a system that is probably the most difficult in in the Big 12. Well, and, and maybe in college football. Yeah, going adding to your point, going from the the scheme they were in right to this one. Sure. It, it, I mean that that adds to it. This isn't just a normal, you know, go from one to another. The specific system they were in probably is is more different than any other than you could be. You're completely different opposite ends of the spectrum. So you're not asking just to learn some new verbiage, right. learn some new language, some new calls like like you're you're completely changing the entire scheme and identity. Right. I'll just tell you myself. I I and I I tell the story all the time, but I started as a sophomore after playing sparingly as a freshman, and I sucked. All right, and I was on a defense where the guy next to me was his fourth year starting, two time All American Buckus Award winner. And I still sucked, all right? Had great players in front, great players behind, and I was a walking mistake. Missed tackles, aligned improperly, just like didn't know up from down, okay? Next year, completely different player. So I don't – that's what frustrates me, and that's just me. I mean, there's a million different examples out there and I think Stutzman this year is a great one. Played a handful of snaps last year. Okay. First time start, a handful of snaps in a different system. I, I was in the same system my freshman year, my sophomore year, my junior year, my senior year. Stutzman was in a different si- system last year. Comes in as a first time starter, first year in a new scheme under a very demanding coach in a demanding system. It's not, it's, it's difficult. And he made huge improvement throughout the year. And I guarantee next year he has a fan he'll, – he'll be one of the more consistent – which, by the way, led the Big 12 in tackles this year, which, yeah. you know, bums don't do that. Correct. And I, next year he's going to be consistent, leader, smart, tough as hell, high effort. He's going to be an all-conference guy at least next year. And – this entire year, everyone wants to replace him and play true freshman. It's just, it's it's frustrating as hell. Yeah, and 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 when you look, when you look at what multiple years in this system can do for you, Teddy. I mean, not only your own examples, but you have to look no further than Clemson. Clem, sure. Clemson's defic- defensive FEI rating was fifty-seven when Brent showed up in his first year. It was seventeenth. The next year. You know what it was the year after that? One. Two. And then one the year after? I didn't oh, get that's it. FBI. Yeah. Well, the – I guess I was the just point, – The oh, point total remains. Total defense, yeah. Right. The point remains is once it got cooking, it was, I mean, really rolling. So it's it's so – it's unfortunate to, to think that there are people that think that you can't improve, especially at that age. I know. And that's that what I'm saying. The fact that you can't improve – Anybody who says that, are you the same person that you were when you were 19 years old? Uh, I hope not. 
Well, I've, I have, I have gotten worse since then. I have not improved <laughs> since then. But yeah, it's it, it's the same people that think that Brent Vanables can't get better at clock management. How the <laughs> heck are you supposed to get better at clock management if not through re- repetition and experience? Repetition and experience will get you pr- better at pretty much anything, Teddy. I mean, anything. Yeah. So the fact that you know people think that playing linebacker or managing the clock is just you're born with it. It's just a it's just a trait that oh this kid's gonna be a linebacker. I hope he's hope he's good or else he wasn't born for it. It's just silly to me. Jason White got beat out of the quarterback spot in oh one. Bum. Bum. He's terrible. <laughs> Get him off the field. Transfer. Yeah. You know, and I it, Bradford came in. He wasn't a super highly recruited guy. He's three star, wasn't he? Four star? I think four. And, you know, he was he wasn't terrible right away, but wasn't Heisman Trophy winning Sam Bradford right away. And it, it's now Adrian Peterson was the exact same, you know, all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 15 there years. are certain guys like yeah. that, but you can, you can't start saying, well, we just need to go out and get Adrian Peterson every year because there isn't one. Right. But for the, for the most part, it is it's a steady progression for players from year one to year two to year three. And if you're lucky enough to have good players for four years, the fourth year, especially in the if they're in the same exact system for four straight years, the play changes dramatically. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's uh have and you- I mean, I'm not saying I'm saying all these guys are coming back. I'm not necessarily saying that all these guys are going to start again. No, and and I think, to, you know, to the point of the portal is Trace Ford's going to have something to say about that, you know, starting position. Jacob Lacey's going to have something to say about that starting position. Mm-hmm. Reggie Pearson's going to have something to say about that starting position. I mean, you go on the other side of the ball, Stogner's going to start, and McCullough's going to start. So, of of really your, your five that you've brought in um, from that, they're going to have something to say about it, I I promise you. Sure. And when you have, again, we've talked about this second round of, uh, you know, second round of, of players that are coming out of the, basically the New Year's Six crop of bowls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys are going to have something to say about it too. OU is not done in the portal, not in the slightest. Yep. Yep. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on in studio. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. All right, we're back. 651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line in studio today. Travis Davidson and myself, uh, Teddy Lehman and TJ Perry on the board as well. All right, you had a text you wanted to read me on air. You were going to read it during the break, and then you said, no, I I want to get your reaction on the air. All right, so this is from Joe in Tulsa. You know us 918 guys. We always get the best takes. Yeah. Um, Teddy. Stutzman, Webu, and White, all three linebackers, were in top 11 of most snaps played in the nation, which is astonishing. How much did this factor into OU not getting the stops in the fourth quarter? Seemed worn down. Hopefully next year they mix in a few more in the rotation. Um, I don't know. I, number one, right out of the gate, we played a ton of snaps on defense. A ton. Um, that big, that's, that's the biggest factor is we had a lot of short drives on offense, some scoring, some not, and we were on the field like 
Time of possession-wise, we were dead last in the Big 12, if I remember correctly. That may be wrong. We won time possession in the Cheez-It Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that's the biggest factor there. Almost everyone plays their starters the entire game, unless they have a situation where there's not a necessarily a designated starter and you know they they've got a couple of guys rotating for a spot or someone's maybe nursing an injury or or whatever most guys most guys play every single snap we just we were on the field a ton defensively um now will they play more guys if they have more capable guys and there's players that are close then yeah i could see them playing more guys but you know that that's up to the players on the team like coaches are always going to give themselves the best chance to win as they see it and, and sometimes they don't see it perfectly i understand that but if if you have two guys that are close and you're giving up plays in the fourth quarter cuz you feel like fatigue is a factor then i think they would do that but you know, a tired guy that's in the right place at the right time that isn't making mistakes mentally, uh, maybe maybe a little slow physically in a long game, is better than a guy that's fresh and doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So it's it's hard to say. Now, I do think next year that there's going to be there's going to be some guys challenging for for playing time. Um, yeah, here dead last in. The Big 12 in time of possession, average per game. Uh, 26-12 average per game. Over uh, a minute less of possession than the the number nine team in the conference and uh, six minutes of possession less than the number one team. That's a lot. What do you think the – with the offense we currently run, what do you think the – the highest we can get in the Big 12 rankings in that. I mean, I think it's safe to say we're never going to lead the Big 12 in time, in, of possession. In time of possession with, an, with a, 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 an offense that likes to go up tempo so much. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. So, we love to go up tempo whenever we're uh, – tempo is a piece of your offense. When you use it as much as we do – it means you're covering something up, right? If if your offensive line, I, if we could line up, if we had the guys to line up and bull over the top of everyone for five yards of play and sit on it, go score a touchdown, have a, a top five defense, we'd lead the league in, in time of possession. They wouldn't even think twice about it. But we don't have the players to do that. That's That's really hard to do in college football. So you have to – you have to kind of manipulate things around and move things around. And like we were we were okay on the offensive line. We weren't bad. We were not good at receiver and we couldn't use quarterback run game. It left us really limited. And as as teams understood that and our tendencies got tighter and tighter. That's one of the things I've I've been saying. Jeff Lebby, who's highly sought after, still right now, um, 
he he never was able to play with a full deck the entire season uh, because of the backup quarterback situation at a minimum. Other than that, we had injuries. We had, you know, all kinds of different factors. But I, I think next year, if our offensive line is improved, we're improved at wide receiver, and we're improved at backup quarterback, I think these numbers look entirely different. We don't have to go up-tempo to try and – to try and trick people and try and get it out quick whenever they're not lined up. If we can win at wide receiver on one-on-ones, then a lot of times you can go slow because you feel great about your matchup. Line up, coaches look at the matchup, signal in the play, and you go attack that matchup. Right now, we don't like a whole lot of one-on-one matchups, so we don't do it that way. We get on the ball and try and snap it before they call in their defense and get lined up. So – as as the play on offense changes and the players get more acclimated and we get wide receivers that can win, the style will change. And, you know, I think there's a there's we we have to improve at wide receiver and I think there's a good chance we do. Um I think we can be as good, perhaps better as an entire group at offensive line. And I know we're gonna well, as long as Dylan Gabriel comes back. I know we're going to be better at quarterback. I think Dylan will be better himself, and we're going to have a better backup situation, which means they can be more aggressive with him. So all of that to me equals much better in time of possession. You know, one of the uh, one of the four teams that had worst time of possession than us nationally, Tennessee, boy Josh Heupel. Yeah, well. That was more of a scoring thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing. This is the Hypo, um, Arkansas, Oklahoma, a lot of the similar styles. And if we do get better in all of those things, I'm not suggesting su- suggesting that tempo won't be a part of our offense. Right. It still will. But I don't think it's going to be the only thing that we do, right? Oh, right, it's, right, right, right. You know, like, I, I, I thought it was really interesting in the bowl game that we we would use tempo but we were running the ball so effectively. Yeah. Uh that that was usually when people associate um tempo they think you're throwing the ball over the yard, you've got 60 passing attempts a game, you're doing this that, and the other when when tempo in, actual, in the running game ooh. is way more difficult for a defense yeah. than the passing game. I mean it it was it was awesome to see. I mean so many rushing attempts versus passing attempts while still keeping that that up tempo pace. That was that was deadly. Yeah. No, it's it's incredibly tough, and that's one of the good things I like about Lebby is if he hits on a successful play, like just an inside run or something, it's misfit, and they feel like they've got an advantage, they get right back on the ball and snap it again, knowing that the majority of the time the defense is just going to get right back in the same exact call, and they'll still have that same advantage, and he'll run it again. And if they hit on it again – Right back again. to it, and they yeah. will they'll make you make you someone will have to make a a play or make a change or or do something or he'll he'll just continue to do the same thing which which I think is is good yeah th- this was uh in reply to uh i think your probably your full deck comment but uh Lebby and Gabriel are average that's the problem on offense, yeah well, that's an opinion and I would say that with an average quarterback, 
and a average offensive coordinator. If that was the case, I think we did pretty good to to rank. Let me see. We're ahead of TCU offensively in total offense this year. Wow. And uh, I think we're definitely top 15. I'm not sure what the final and that, number and, is. And that includes uh, the uh, Texas game where we yeah. started a tight end. Uh, a or played a tight end at quarterback. A game in two-thirds without our starting quarterback. Right. Which is goes back to the backup quarterback situation, which I, well, I was talking about was one of the biggest hindrances to us for the entire year. Yeah, we were, um, I, I think, on, on total offense, we were just ahead of, actually, just behind TCU. They're 474.1 yards a game, we're 474.0. Now this, this Alabama was three yards better, four seventy seven. Ohio State was was four ninety. So we're right there with with all of the the best offenses in the country. Yep, pretty pretty good for average. Um, with you know with the up tempo conversation, um, one of the obvious things people are doing to combat it are looking over to the sideline. The coach uh, gives them the old the old get down as if they're yeah. a third base coach uh, getting telling their guy to slide. Um, you know, I, I think we're probably in agreement on this. I mean, you got to take player safety seriously. Um, but there's got to be, whether you hold them out, whether well, you – Here's my opinion on that. I think it's a, definitely a player safety issue, but it's on, it's on the, the flip side of things. And I made this, this statement yesterday in, in light of the – the Hamlin situation with Buffalo. Now, I challenge everyone to go back and watch that play. And I know everyone's seen it, but go watch it again. And I want you to watch the official. Hamlin makes the tackle, stands up, and then passes out and falls down. The official standing right next to him, like, makes like a, like, kind of shrugs his, his shoulders and throws his hands up because he thinks he's taking a dive. And he thinks he's taking a dive, so he blows the whistle and waves his hands in the air, nonchalant. And this is what happens whenever you get used to people taking a dive. Guys flopping, guys faking injuries. It's not looked at as a serious situation. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that caused a slow reaction. It didn't. And I'm not saying it's bad on the official for reacting the way he did. But what I'm saying is, Whenever you have a bunch of guys faking injuries and, and coaches allowing it and leagues allowing it, it desensitizes everyone to how dangerous the sport is. And whenever someone's laying on the field, their heart could be stopped. And we're all just saying, oh, they're going fast, so that guy's just taking a dive out there. No, actually, you know what? He's in cardiac arrest, and everyone's treating it as if he's just laying there because we're going up tempo, because that's what people do. So that's why I think it's incredibly dangerous. I think it's chicken you-know-what that people do it. And I think, I hope that a slow response because they think it's another guy out there just faking an injury doesn't cost somebody dearly. Yeah, no, and I, I agree, and I think there's got to be – I mean, it's the boy who cried wolf, yeah. right? I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, the the story of the shepherd boy that kept on, you know, saying there was a wolf coming, and eventually when a wolf did actually come, nobody believed him. So, um, yeah, I, I, think with, I think with that, there's got to be – and it's interesting because 
how do you set up a, a, a punishment really, right, is I think you go full NBA on it where you review it after the game and you if you see a blatant like, hey, you got to take a dive, whatever, then you find the coach or you make the players sit out for the first you know quarter of the next game or something. They do this with with all kinds of other reviews, right? Well, so, here's the thing: it, and, uh, I, it's hard I, to enforce while still you know being being all about like understanding the you know importance of the player safety because that'll be the first pushback, right? Well, here's the problem with that. The problem with that is lots of uh, lots of coaches are not going to be willing to yield that that tool against tempo so in my opinion you have to offer something and i think it should be after a set number of plays whatever that is the defense is allowed to substitute and if the because what the offense does they stay in the same personnel and they just go 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 and I get it. I I understand, but like, forget the the safety aspect that I was just talking about. It kills the flow of the game for the the fans in attendance. It kills the flow of the game for the fans watching at home. You've got fun. You've got something happening. You've got a team that's on the move, and then all of a sudden, a guy lays down. We all know what it is, but you have to totally stop everything. They run out there. It's just it's not good. So. Like whether it's seven plays, whether it's five plays, at some point the defense should be allowed a substitution to get new personnel out there if they choose to take it. Right. It's it, you know it's a because if you don't offer them that, they they will never agree to just saying we're going to punish teams that that do that to stop stop guys. It, it'll never happen. They, no one will. They, they won't agree to it. I mean, I, I is it a. NFLPA situation where it's they have a choice whether to agree to it or anything. It's it's not as it's at least from what I've seen, it's not nearly as prevalent in the NFL because the tempo's not. Well, I think it's becoming more prevalent. Yeah. Well, and I would also say the one thing I need to add is if you are allowed a substitution, it's not under like four minutes in a game or whatever. Right. Like whenever someone could be in an up-tempo offense to, because of a score situation before yeah. half yeah, or at the end of drill, a game. Right. Know, whatever, right. Right. Then then at that point, you no longer get the free substitution. Yeah. It's, it's tough, right? Yeah. Safety on one hand, competition, flow, right. you know, integrity of actually playing the game the right way and not faking injuries. It's not easy. And yeah. uh, uh, at this level and the way things are scrutinized, nothing is. There's no easy decision. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Rush is back. A couple of second, uh, segments left. Teddy Lehman here, Travis Davidson, TJ Perry. Uh, hanging out in studio today. 651-3439. And I see some people texting in some uh, suggestions. Players faking injuries. Uh, made to sit out more than one play. I've seen that. you got to sit out the rest of a series or, or whatever. But, you know... Even that, like to me, if it 
it shouldn't just be the rest of a series. It should be right. like maybe even the rest of a of a period of a quarter. Um, like there, maybe there's there's areas where if you go down, like within a certain amount before the quarter, you have to wait wait before the the quarter is up. Like, well, it's and, and it's impossible to. And maybe it's a specific amount of gameplay because if it's, you know, the last play in the third quarter, you could say, oh, you know, whatever, right? Or the second to last play, if you will. But I think it should be an easy sell because you can do – it's in the name of safety. We need to pull – we need to keep this guy out enough right. for him to get checked out, man. Enough for There's him to – There's just way too many guys going back into the game. If I mean, he just drop, if he just dropped to his knees, we need to figure out why he didn't feel like he could – he could play on or at least how he couldn't even get to the sideline to get right. off so hey we're just doing this we're just trying to keep your players safe you know if you but the ones there there's uh, and i know people are doing it because they're trying to you know even the odds if you will but man when you what if you had a what if you had a given amount of injury timeouts and yeah that were separate from your regular timeouts separate from your regular timeouts and whenever you know because right now it's an official's timeout Right, but if you have a guy going down, it is it's an injury timeout, and it, and an injury timeout that's like the injury timeout specifically is to get that guy off and another guy on, not like okay, I got five minutes to draw up some new plays, like right something that's short just in the name of player safety. Because yep. if, you, if you keep it in that vein, uh, then I think you you'll go a lot farther with it. But yeah, I think maybe injury timeouts specifically to get that player out, but. If you have more than say three of them in a game, and and you can't, then you might need to check on your strength and conditioning. And they're they're no longer you go like if you don't have any official timeouts, you go you go back. Ah, man, see that's the problem is everyone will, will game everything, man. It's, it's very much like you know who you need to ask about it is Bill Belichick because that guy always yeah. seems to know. He knows what you know has been erased from the play from the rule book and he still sees the outline of what the pencil made mm -hmm. and he'll be like well it was in there it was in the rule book i showed you so you need to get because it is man you get it's kind of like the catch me if you can thing yep. so the catch me if you can guy lives in tulsa and it's they hired him to help with their check fraud department because yep. you got to find the criminals that are finding all these ways to get around the rules to really write the rules at that point yeah, this guy or this texter says, nope, just charge the team with the timeout because they just used one uh, by having a guy go down with a fake injury. But that's the thing. You can't always determine what's legit and what's not. And then you'll have guys playing maybe through injuries they shouldn't, you know, as to not Listen, cost the I'll, team I'll a I'll just timeout. tell you right now. I don't know in all of my experience – that I've ever seen anyone, other than a concussion, I don't know that I've ever seen anyone play through an injury that they shouldn't. If you're hurt, you're hurt. If you're not, I, you don't lay on the field. Right. Yeah. I, and, and that's never the reaction, right? The, the, the ones that annoy me the most are a guy starts to run off or he looks over to the sideline, and you see a coach, like I said, doing the third base coach, drop, drop, yeah, and, and all swaps. of a sudden he just yeah. goes down on one knee. And he's like, oh, oh okay, right. all right, did I do good, coach? Like, I'm wondering what injuries what injuries are they even claiming? They just know. get up and walk off. They don't grab an, a shoulder, or they don't, like, grab an ankle. I don't even know what they're claiming. Like, I don't know. I, the officials should stop rewarding that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But you can't charge him. You can't charge him the 
I guess, official timeout and still keep it in the. Well, name. I just say you stand there and look at him. You don't. You don't <laughs> even stop the clock. Right. If a guy's pl- clearly not hurt and he's flopping, or like two guys both go down, or look at each other. Yeah. No, and- you're supposed to go down. No. No. Is it me? Is it me? I don't know. Let's both go down. Let's see what happens. Ridiculous. All right. Let's hit a quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up. Again, in studio, 651-3439. Stay tuned. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Riverwind Casino. Casino and hotel, over 2,700 electronic games, 30 game tables, a 24-7 poker room, and the best in concerts and comedy. Riverwind Casino, just south of Norman on Highway 9 and I-35. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker and easier. The list goes on, but it's more than just innovative engineering. It's knowing GMC is committed to professional-grade excellence on every level. See your Oklahoma GMC dealers. The new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with each patient to take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Functional sports medicine physician Amanda Sadler, MD, is committed to spending time with each patient to help them achieve top-level energy, strength, endurance, and performance. She specializes in the treatment of gut health issues, hormonal health, immune system support, joint pain, fatigue, and thyroid dysfunction. To learn more about functional sports medicine or to schedule an appointment, call 405-515-4040. At In Motion, what moves you moves us. Hey Sooners, did you know you can use your IRA or 401k to support OU while seeking above average returns? Boyd Street Ventures supports OU in Oklahoma by creating economic opportunities for students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Boyd Street Ventures invests in innovative startups by providing initial investments, strategic guidance, operational support, and help in raising additional capital to launch a company. Boyd Street Ventures can help you through the process of Sooners empowering Sooners and investing in OU innovation. For more info, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. Life's too short for small buns. 405 Burger Bar is moving locations to Main Street in the heart of Norman. With handmade Oklahoma onion burgers and a full bar, 405 Burger Bar will be your favorite place to watch games. Follow us on Instagram at 405 Burger Bar to learn more about our burgers, bar, and sports bar atmosphere. 405 Burger Bar, Main Street in Norman, just east of I-35. 405 Burger Bar in Norman on Main Street. Big buns, real meats. Does your checking account come with respect, gratitude, wisdom? At Armstrong Bank, that's what you can expect. For more than a century, we've been serving up exceptional customer service and financial guidance to our customers across Oklahoma and Arkansas. Open a checking account today so we can serve you too. Armstrong Bank. Strength runs in our family. Visit armstrong.bank today. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. We know you have a lot riding on your shoulders. You got mouths to feed, you've got bills to pay, and the last thing you wanted was that car wreck and an insurance claim. But at West Yalagosny, we can help. At your free consultation, we'll put a plan together just for you to get you right back on track. And if you've been injured, we'll help you with your property damage, your car, your bike, your truck, boat, whatever, absolutely free. So don't wait. Call or text West Yalagosny, 405-800-8080. It's 405-800-8080. West Yalagosny. We're different kind of lawyers. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes. 
Good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Parents, we know we can't protect our kids from everything. Eventually, they're going to bump their heads or scrape their knees. But we can protect them from six types of cancer. HPV, or human papillomavirus, is a common, preventable virus that can cause cancer later in life. The HPV vaccine prevents human papillomavirus and all the cancers it can cause. The American Cancer Society recommends getting your sons and daughters the HPV vaccine starting at age 9 to protect them later in life. Rush is back. Final segment here. And gosh, this is good radio whenever you solve the world's problems over a timeout. Here's what we came up with, TJ. 